Jason, welcome to the show. I'm really excited to have you on Thrive today. Um, for for all the people that who you know may not have um, heard of the agency, uh, Jason Liggett was the founder and creative director of Wonderment or Wonderment Creative House. Um, Jason, I'll let you kind of jump in and, and talk a little bit about um, your background and a little bit about Wonderment. Sure. Thank you, Kelly. I appreciate the invite. Um, it's lovely to be on. Uh, I got a lot of stuff to talk about, you know. <laughs> Even, even um, I wanted to start by kind of giving you a little bit of a background on me, if if, if that's okay. Yeah. Um, I don't want to give you the warts and all background, but you know, people come from different walks of life that end up in the same kind of roles as what we're in, or have been in. Um, but mine took a very unusual track because I started off as a graffiti artist in London, um, and my dad kind of uh, put a stop to that very quickly, <laughs> and and threw my backside into art school. Um, you know, I'm kind of from the art school. Then I went on and um, started up my own little boutique agency, which was a lot of fun. But it was more of a lifestyle thing. It was kind of supporting my Saturday night out with the boys kind of thing. Um, but then at some point I had to get serious. And at 21, um, being kind of still wet behind the ears as a, as a, a very young, young creative director, and thinking that I knew the, everything about everything, um, I kind of hit a roadblock because it was time to scale. And I was bringing in clients. And I was like, well, okay, I'm going to manage this now. This was just me and my buddy straight from college. And now I've got all this work coming through the door. What do I do? And, you know, uh, I, had, I had to make some big decisions at a very, very young age. And I merged with um, a marketing company. Which and I'll touch on that a little bit later when we start kind of maybe talking about selling an agency and, and stuff because there's different ways you can do it. Um, but that gave me a fast track. That gave me a real fast track into really understanding the industry and um, and how I was going to position myself in the industry. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you know, coming from the UK and then being over in the US, I mean, that's somewhat of a transition in itself. Absolutely. Um, so at what point did you sort of sit back and say, yeah? I'm going to launch an agency. I'm going to, I'm going to take this thing that I love to do and make it my career, maybe bring on some of my buddies. And we're just going to have this amazingly romantic situation where we do fantastic work and, right. and, you know, have dream clients. Like, like what was that, that point like for you? Well, that bit sounds really glamorous, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. I mean, trust me, it's not as glamorous as the way you just p- pitched it. If you pitch it like that many more times, there's going to be plenty more people starting their own agency, let me tell you. That's the problem. Um, you know, uh, coming out of college and, and realizing that I didn't really want to work for the man, I kind of knew that straight away. And I, I was very much independent in, in my approach to everything I did when it came to design and, and even being creative on different levels, especially with the graffiti and the fine art and stuff. Um, but I kind of knew pretty early on that if I was going to do it, I've got to do it properly. And I can't just, uh, it, it can't be a part-time gig because you know you've been there, you've done it, that, you know, you end up, um, your weekends get taken up, your evenings get taken up, your relationships fall by the by a little bit, yeah. you know, you, you become extremely dedicated to it. And, you know, I bounced around for probably 15 years with, uh, after after merging that agency that I had when I was 21, I was 23 when I merged that agency. I was in a very luxurious position. And the one thing I would say about merging, um, to stay on that topic for a little while, merging over selling 
there's there's a, a very different dynamic because when you merge, there's a few things that come out of that that you that are of real benefit for you, especially when you're a very young agency. And the one core thing is that shared resource because you just don't get that. You know, you don't have the cash flow amenity to be able to do that as a young agency. But to have that shared resource, even when it comes down to just the administrative side, yep. you know, that, that was extremely, extremely fruitful. Um. So that was a that was a wonderful thing for me. You know, you do retain some autonomy when you do a merge because you end up being kind of uh, a division of or a profit center of. Right. Um, so you still have that autonomy. Um, and it, again, the one thing that, that is always the Achilles heel is the scalability. And when you do the merging component, that gives you that opportunity to scale, mm-hmm. uh, of which you did. Uh, I did that quite successfully. And that was my first agency. And I ended up kind of, parting ways with those guys because I got offered bigger jobs as a creative director within agencies. Um, So I've kind of bounced around for 15 years in in England and Spain and France, being a creative director in different agencies before I got headhunted into a role in in the US. That's a different story. That's (laughs) that's a much different story because imagine this, all right, just picture this for a second. Boy coming out of London, so you've got the UK to the USA transition, and then you've got a guy coming out of London going to Clearwater Beach. I mean, <laughs> juxtaposed right there. And then you've got a guy coming from traditional agency into corporate America. Right. I mean, <laughs> needless to say, it didn't, it wasn't that fruitful and didn't last that long. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure. Um, so then, you know, from that, I set up Wonderman. And that was in 2012. Right. And... Uh, I started with just the two of us. It was again, it was me and another partner. Um, and again, there, there's one tip for you straight away is to really be careful about the partner you pick. Because yep. you're, you're in, as we used to call back home, you're in bed for a while. You're in bed together for a while. Yep. Um, and then we grew that by 2016. I'd got 17, 18 staff. Um, and you know, we, we enjoyed, enjoyed the fruits of that. It was, it, it was phenomenal. But the, the time came this year for me to, to, to think about doing something different again. And so, so what did that look like? Um, what was it? Uh, was it uh, something that, that, again, to your comfort level of talking about it, was it something that happened or just a, a mindset shift or just a, a, I want a different lifestyle? What was it that led you to come to the conclusion, I got to sell this thing? All of the above. I'll I'll tell you what happens is... I have no idea um, what you're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Clearly you do. Um, You know, the the thing that happens with the whole scalability is that we we get into this industry for reasons because we're passionate about it. Mm. You know, we're we're creative in whatever level. We're baby illustrators, we're graphic designers, we're photographers, video production artists, whatever it may be that... The, the passion to be able to want to do that for yourself is what really drives you to become a business owner in the first place. Because you're like, I'm good at this. I can do this for myself. And then as you go through the process of building the business, and this is the, the one of the tips that I would always always throw out to anybody, any budding entrepreneur out there that wants to go out and be their own creative boss, is that there's, that that's glorious. And it sounds extremely glamorous. But there's there's some pitfalls to it. And the pitfalls, and the, and the core real reason for me kind of stepping away one, it was the right time. Mm. And, and let me just backtrack a little bit because there's a few div- different reasons why you would sell an agency. One, you'd sell it because uh, you believe you've taken it as far as you can. Right? And that's just being honest with yourself. Mm-hmm. 
The other is purely a financial decision that somebody throws enough money at you that you just can't refuse. Right. And, you know, we're, 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 we're all human. And, and the third, and I think probably the most, the most critical one, really is that you get to a point with your agency that it's not doing for you what you set out for it to do in the beginning. Yeah. And that's that, that, that wonderful, beautiful factor of being able to get up in the morning going, I'm going to go create. And the business scales to such a length and a height that you end up being more of a, the, the business owner and the employer. Yeah. And those responsibility shifts, they take a detrimental effect on, your, on, on what it is you do on a daily level. Yeah. You know, you go from being two or three, four strong in personnel and spending 80% of your time being creative and that 80-20 shifts. The minute you start to scale and then you've got employees and you start to have to kind of look after all of the other minutiae that happens, you kind of look back and go, wait, I got into this business to do what I love and not I'm not doing manage. it anymore. Right, right. And now I'm managing a business. Now I'm managing, basically I'm managing a bank account mm. is what I'm doing, Yeah. you know? And that was really the, the main thing for me is that the, it wasn't that the passion had gone. I'm still passionate about doing what I do. But it was the it was it was the right excuse me, that's stupid. Um, it was that the right person came along at the right time that I felt could take the business to the next level. Um, the the financial offering for me was something I couldn't refuse, mm-hmm. uh, and then on top of that, it it, it kind of released me a little bit and gave me a little bit of freedom back to go and do what it is that I do really well. Right. So it was the trifecta for you. Really, it was all three of those things. Yeah. The, yeah. It, I mean, it really was. Yeah. It was the opportunity of, and at the same time, you mentioned it, Kelly, earlier on, it's about a lifestyle change as well. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm 45 years of age now and I've been doing it for the best part of 23, 24 years. Yeah. And I wanted to give myself an opportunity to be able to do do it differently. And what I mean by do it differently, I mean the, the, and you understand this as well as most people is that, that the, the consultancy component, I can really add the value there and, and, and going out and looking at, uh, and being invited to, to sit at the table with startup businesses that I can see the problems that they're going through and I can offer almost immediate solutions to helping them get through that. And we all know that, you know, year two and year three is the, the most difficult. And that's, that's the part of the business that I like the most yeah. is when they're going through that transition. It's making that decision and knowing when you can pivot or when not to pivot. Um, and so that's what I'm doing now. I'm kind of acting as a combination of a virtual CD, a virtual creative director and a virtual CEO for mm. entrepreneurial startups. Yeah, and that's, stuff. Cool. that's very cool. And I really love doing that because it allows me to do the things that I'm really good at and do the handoff, a very graceful handoff, to all of the, the kind of minutia that I don't want to be involved in anymore. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I totally understand that. Um, just going back to the the exit for a moment, um, I really kind yeah. of want to talk a little bit about, I mean, when you and I spoke earlier um, a couple weeks ago, I felt like there were portions of your exit that you negotiated really, really well. And, and even, you know, what you're talking about now, having that ability to go and, and do what you love, um, I just wanted to, to touch on for the people who are watching and listening, what are the things that you felt that in that situation that you negotiated really well with that contract? 
uh, for the Well, again, yeah, that's a really good question, Kelly. And, and the thing that you've got to really think about when you're negotiating that, it's not really always about you. Mm. You've you got to firstly think about your brand. You've got to th- think about your business and the sustainability after you're, uh, you've moved on and sitting on a beach or whatever it is you're going to do. Right. Um, but you've got to really, you, you've, you've got, it's, it's a, again, it's a trifecta. You've got to think about the person that's coming in, making sure that the buyer's comfortable. Um, and again, I'll, I'll turn this into a little tip that at the end of the day, what I would always suggest if anybody's selling a business of any kind, and that we all know that there's a transition point and whatever length of time that's negotiated, um, but I, w- I would always consider making sure that you've got some skin in the game regardless. Mm-hmm. When you walk away, when you exit from that, you, you keep some skin. And there's there's three fundamental reasons for that one is that it allows the buyer to feel more comfortable that hey this transition isn't just an immediate stop right. and I, I can be called upon at any time to help if there's an issue or there's a problem or uh secondly it's the it's yourself right it gives you an opportunity to still um keep one foot in the door so to speak it's kind of like when you're sending your kid off to college you know you're not just going to pack them off and hope that they find the right college you're going to help them go through the process but then the third and i think the most critical is the client because at any one point of time i could have gone to client a and gone hey bob i'm leaving the business and he'd be like so what jay where are you going that that puts a bit of negative equity next to your brand especially if you're so emotionally attached to your brand and the business Mm -hmm. and you're synonymous with it yeah and if you're a synonymous component of that business, to take yourself out of that or even to consider mentioning that you're exiting over a transition period kind of scares clients a little bit. Yep. So for them to know that you're still in, but you're manipulating a situation where the ownership, there's some more ownership there that can take it in a, in a, in a, in a bigger and stronger and faster fashion. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're still part of the gig, even if it's, let's be fair, even if it's just from a PR perspective, right. you know, yep. that's, that, that, that's the one thing that I negotiated was that I would keep some skin mm-hmm. and I would do it on a progressive uh, or a decreasing level right. so that I'm selling a percentage and a percentage and a percentage and it's done on a, on performance level for the for the buyer as well mm-hmm. because I don't want to just hand over the, the thing that I've built over the last six years for them to destroy it right. so that you know they've got some um, some achievement levels that they need to stick to and they need to they need to reach um, so I put milestones in place that allow me over the next 12 months uh, to, to even analyze some of the movements that they're making and make sure that I think that they're doing the right thing for the brand and, and even the employees that are still still within the business, you know, and the current clients. Yeah. So it's a whole kind of um, operational exercise to make sure you're covering, covering everybody and making sure everybody's kind of safe and sound yep. along the way. Yeah, no, that's I great. Really I, I, I love that there's accountability on both ends from that because it Absolutely. isn't just about you. You know, that's right. that's such great advice. I don't think people that are watching or listening, I don't think you understand uh, potentially how important that advice is. I mean, that's that's huge. And nobody talks about that. No, they, yeah. they, 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 they tend to just talk about the the end game of, of the exit and the dollar it's not amount. not just that's a big check. It's not about that, you know. I mean, even even down to the fact that you know I've made arrangements for uh, my buyout to be structured in such a way that I've still got milestones that I have to reach. Mm-hmm. There's still things that I have to do, and there's still things that uh, the new buyer has to do in order to make those things work in tandem. 
um, and that gives me an opportunity of, of, of just feeling a little bit safer with it. Mm-hmm. It's a comfort blanket for me to know that the brand that I've created that I'm so passionate about, one, is not going to get destroyed. Right. Um, and two, that I can still stay in mm-hmm. to whatever level that I wish to. Right. So that's that's my biggest tip is that if you can and not often it doesn't happen that often that when you're going through a buyout scenario that they'll allow you to stay in. Right. You know, because sometimes right. it's a it's a clean sweep, you know, and that's something that you have to really, really consider that who you're handing your baby to. Right. You have to think know? about what what is OK with you. You know, that's really Absolutely. It, it has to be all. But what how you feel comfortable in the situation? Absolutely. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Um, so we talked about uh, some of the, the things that you negotiated well and that you did right. Um, was there something that you would do a little differently if you had to sell an agency next time around? Uh, not, not not this time, I don't think. I think the first time around when I did the merger when I was 21, mm-hmm. I would have probably negotiated a little bit harder. But I was, again, I was 21 years You're of age. Right. I was dealing with oh, the, 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 the big corporations that were coming at me with facts and figures and you know telling me that the the it was going to be golden and i was a little bit wet behind the ears a little bit naive and those kind of things that i did then i didn't do this time mm-hmm. you know and you made the very clear point that it's all about taking care of what i believe is right you know and not just settling for what i've been told and that, that's really what happened when i was a lot younger so i didn't i didn't fall into that trap this time yeah the one thing that i really did negotiate well and, and this is something that I would say to the viewers is that if you've got um, whatever your client book looks like, have a look through that client book and, and take a real good look at some of those clients and see which ones are really going to be impacted by you not being around. And if you can manage to uh, and I'll give you an example I, I was working with and he was a really, really good friend of mine. And we spoke about um, this Kelly earlier on. That yeah. I, I wasn't I wasn't going to allow him to get. Um, kind of swept up into the whole um, the gamut of the the, the sale mm-hmm. and be passed on to uh, a new set of people because he's a personal friend of mine and because he's a personal friend of mine it wouldn't wouldn't have seemed right for me to say okay you're gonna go and work with these people now right. and he was a startup he he's a firefighter from um, from Fort Lauderdale that decided one day to create some fish dip I mean, I don't I have no idea. He's got probably he's got plenty of time on his hands to be sitting there making fish dip. And he ended up pushing it that far that I've been mentoring him now for the last year and a half. To the point in which November he went out to Shark Tank and he got a deal with Mark Cuban. That's awesome. And, you know, when you look at the, the magnitude and the, 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 the journey that we went on together, to pass that up, it wouldn't have been fair on me. It wouldn't have been fair on him either. Right. So you've got to think about some of, some of the decisions you make are going to have to be emotional. You know, and stick by him. That's great. Jason, thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. I wish you all the best. I know that you just uh, got engaged. So congratulations on that. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, thank you. So- we'll definitely be in touch, but, but just amazing journey. And uh, thanks a lot for being on the show. Kelly, you're awesome. I'll speak to you soon. Okay.